worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Rock 101 Sports presents the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game. Starring Pete Christie, Jared Thompson, Sean Dillon, and host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. Hi there. Welcome. Pete. <laughs> always good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. It's always always good. We've got the Jared. Hi, Jared. How are you? Always good, good to good see, see you, too, Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Pete. I can count on you. Always, man. I don't know about Jeff. Sean, good to see Jaden, the intern, he's here, too. Is, he, is it not good to see it, him? Or it, you, you? It is good. It's just good to see. Okay. I, I put my contacts last night in something other than what you should. And so when I put them in this morning, they were burning. And I thought, gosh, am I going to lose my eyesight? And I'm good now. Man, you know what's happened to me in the last year? I need some readers. I've had 20-20 vision like a uh, hawk. And then all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, I, what is this? I can't see. And I thought maybe I was nearsighted. Drunk one night or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I need Lasting revenge. effects. But then I was like, dang, I was sober and feeling good the middle of the day. I was like, wait a minute. This is a problem. I'm, I'm old. Dang it. I'm old. Yeah. Is that happening to me? You're, I'm not, you're not old, man. Because it was that point where I started doing that same kind of thing where one day, I just, it just started one day. I was like, yeah, yeah. man, I guess, man, I'm tired. My yeah. eyes are so tired. I guess it's just... And it kept doing every day. I kept going, gosh, I'm so tired. I can't really, my eyes are blurry. And so finally it dawned on me, you know what? I think it's probably time to go get the eyes checked, you know? And, yeah. uh, yeah. Uncle Rico. And, uh, Pete, you've, you're, you've got a Pepsi today, I noticed. And yeah. you, you should have seen you. You just missed him. I, I thought something, I thought Pete was having a medical emergency when he first came in. I, I was, he, he had just taken a big gulp of that, I guess. And it went down incorrectly oh, or something. And I said, pipe. yeah, oh, and I said, but I was worst. like, hey, Pete, how are you? And he starts going, unk, 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 unk. <laughs> and, and I thought, something's wrong. He's having, it's carbon. <laughs> Nation, and this one is really <laughs> solid today. You no doubt it's some kind of like uh, Yankee uh, cream Pepsi with a lime twist. I don't, some kind of janky thing. I hey, I, the reason you I just yeah. start drinking raspberry Pepsi. Phenomenal. Nice. That strawberry Dr. Pepper is pretty good. No, too. I made it up myself. I put raspberry. Oh, okay. phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Making your own. Well, I like raspberry and I like Pepsi. I like bringing things together I like. It's like a relationship. Hint of blue cheese? (laughs) If you were a bartender, there'd be a hint of blue cheese in all your drinks. You know, I would drink some blue cheese. Blue cheese, Pepsi? Oh, my God. (laughs) It would be incredible. Man, you're grossing me out, man. Um, hey, nice Dr. Pepper. Now you know why he was choking noise. up there. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Anyway, let's see. What do we have coming up today? Oh, man. Uh, yes. well, besides Pete's uh, near near accidents. No, there. I'm no. good. No, no, you're good. No, always good. No, no, you're always good. You're too blessed to be stressed, Amen. as you say. All right. Texas Tech uh, Baseball Hall of Famer Shane Wright will be stopping by to talk Big 12 Baseball. And uh, let's see, also uh, basketball recruits yes, in town yeah. for UCF in Kansas, yes. I guess. Yeah, right? Okay. Yes. Is that good? We'll get to that. Jared breaks all that down. Then we've got Eric Haslam Michael Hunter revealing this week's Rockin' 25 College Basketball poll and their thoughts on the Big 12. 
Uh, there's a new co-offensive coordinator for Texas Tech, and uh, I guess in a new running back as well. Is that right? Coach. Do we know? Is that uh, running back coach? Okay, thank you. Okay, um, so we'll break all that down. Uh, we do. We do. Do we know that? Is that there's a running back coach? That's how they released it on the on the. Oh, so he's doing both. Yeah, it's one man maintaining two positions. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Okay. There was just looks of puzzlement around the table, and I just want to make sure that uh, I, I didn't screw that up. Uh, okay. Well, we're, one way or the other, we're going to get to the bottom of it, exactly what's going on. Um, we'll break down the Red Raiders and the Lady Raiders as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so, we got that as well. Okay. <laughs> you going to be all right? Over there? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's start with, uh, let's just start with the, uh, the yeah, that thing. Woo! Checking the pulse of Red Raider Nation with our rock and reality check. Pete, it's a tradition unlike any other. Why don't you just go ahead and start there? Well, I don't have a green jacket on, but I'm feeling phenomenal today. Are your dogwoods and azalea in full bloom? Don't even know what that means, so I'll just The dogwoods and the azaleas are always in bloom at the Masters. There's a secret bar and like hangout resort in the middle of Augusta. Really? Do you have to you have to be like like a member, like a member of a secret society, like a high really? roller, and like really? nothing. Co- it's all covered. You go in there, your drinks are free, foods free. Really? But I mean, it costs a ton to get in there. I've never heard really? of that. Well, my best friend got in because like uh, CEO of the company he works for was sick and was like, we need somebody to go and represent. So, and he's like VP sales for really? a big company. Yeah, that is. I've he must have been in that. heaven. He said it was the best weekend of his life. He, didn't like, <laughs> he was going to go watch, but he was like, I'm not leaving this place. Like, this is great. It was just him and one of his friends, and it was like work and air quotes. You know Do they I mean? serve those amazing pimento cheese sandwiches in there? You know, that I didn't ask steaks, about. Steaks, yeah. But, uh, you know, was it, it was, crowded? I mean, was no, it just a few no, people? No, intentionally not. Yeah. There's all this memorabilia. Right. And, like He said it was like... And wow. He travels for a living, goes to all these exotic places. He said this was like one of the coolest things in my life. I forgot the name. Of, there's an actual name of the bar. I'm sure there's a story on it somewhere, but wow. I, I'd never heard of that. But yeah, I, no idea. I, I like it. Obviously, not running in the correct circles. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. You have a friend that's been. I mean, you know, I know nothing about it. I, this is all news. Pete, uh, yeah. what's a you know rock and reality check for you today? Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm doing so good today, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'm going to get some backlash. Okay. I'm sure you guys are going to ridicule me. Okay, uh, but uh, you know I'm I'm trying to up my energy level, and uh, just because I'm getting older, I'm I'm go go go. Right, and uh, I got phenomenal energy, and it's because I did cupping. You know what cupping is? Is that the what thing where the it leaves hell? those red it marks does. all over? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah. the Michael Phelps from. Two, I feel like right. I could. I, if I could swim, I could swim right now. I feel phenomenal. So did some cupping and uh, I got those marks, but you know that's fine. So I just wanted to mention that. Hey uh, man, and it, whatever it, you got to do, I'm not hey, going to hate on you for that. It's, it's not illegal. So <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I legitimate question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know what that is, yeah. but what does it do for well, you? It, I mean, it, why do you, does it feel good? And what it gets I, the blood flow through your muscles. So mm-hmm. it just you know, I mean, I need some good circulation. You know, once you right. start getting older, you know. Uh, I'm. I'm just. I, I refuse to get old. Yeah. So. Well, I'm investigating the cold tub therapy. You know, like yeah. the cold where you get in the morning. Like people have been talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Like, like you never feel better. Something about the way your body reacts right. to having to fight off the cold effect. 
your body temperature going down, then it invigorates you and it supposedly gets you going for the... I'm trying to do the same thing. But, but would you, what are you going to do? Put ice cubes in your bathtub? If or, I have to, but okay. hopefully I can do something a little like go to a gym or something. <laughs> oh, you know? okay. I, th- I thought you were saying <laughs> you're doing well. it at home. Man, you guys are like, making me feel bad. I was going to, after the show, I was going to pop the top on an icy cold one, but, uh, you know, that's... Hey, man. That's good exercise, that's, too. That's 12-ounce 12, 12 curls. So, yeah, and I mean, plus, isn't it's that good something? For, as yeah. long as it's in moderate... Well, this is me saying this. The <laughs> irony of this, but as long as it's in moderation, it probably is good for your health. You know what I mean? Like right, in terms yeah. of lowering the blood pressure and the stress or the end of and the I, week. And you know? I need that. Yeah. I'm trying all I'm kinds of strong stuff. Guy. Vitamins, yeah. vitamins and oh man. Whatever it's out there. So. Where, where does a person, I mean, do you go to a, an actual physician for this cupping? Uh, I went to a massage or, person. Do you, you get on having a cure or what? To, did it hurt? Uh, not only did it not hurt, uh, I didn't even know. She, I, she told me she was going to do it. I fell asleep. And so during uh, the cupping, right? So I've got six <laughs> oh. on my back, six circular, you know, it could be yeah. like six, six beer pack. bottles I put on my back and right. they were so hot or something. It burned, How but, hot but it goes away. They? It okay. goes away. So, but getting back to sports, uh, you know, what a, what a great couple of days. I don't know anything else. I'm fascinated. I know about Texas Tech. Well, when they told me to do cupping, I said, I think I'm already doing Oh, no, I've never done that type of cupping. Well, what did you think it was? What? You thought you were doing it, and it turns out you weren't, but what what did you think you well, were I mean, doing just, you know, that was called cupping? I mean, I'm always drinking something in my cup. So, oh, so you, I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious what, what activity you thought was cupping, and it really wasn't. Yeah. I was like, I sound like a rapper. You <laughs> <laughs> get Sean to mix it. I always drink something out of my cup. <laughs> he, he likes to rap on here. It's normally hey, nice. What a great, great couple days for Texas yeah. Tech. Uh, Sunday, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, and the, and the, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Just, uh, you know, amazing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted to see it go into two overtimes because that's something we had never seen in, in before. But, uh, you know, just him getting it done, third MVP and, and all that. And then you come to, to Monday and just uh, a, a phenomenal. I mean, what Grant McCaslin and the guys did and, uh, you know, Chance McMillan, perfect from the floor, and, and they beat Kansas by 29, and it brings back memories of 2019 when they beat Kansas by 29. Uh, both teams have lost three games in a row. I'm certainly not saying this team's going to get to the championship, but, uh, you know, I, I, I see some good things with this team, and, uh, you know, that excites me. For, for you know what's to come and obviously they got a big one Saturday now at Iowa State who's number 10 11 a.m. Uh, which means I got to get up early uh, but uh, <laughs> really wow boy the sun's warm at that time I mean well, I like is that really early one or two dude, I get on up at like four o'clock every morning well, that's you, yeah. He's a celebrity, dude. Oh, that's right. Don't you know who he is? I, 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 no. yeah, you're sleeps in, goes and gets his cup therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That, that does sound a little bougie, really. Yeah, so good. You're a celebrity. I'm going to go in for my cupping later. cup therapy. How did you get into that? I've had no therapy. No, she just told me I should do it, so I did it. Oh, you have like, you already had a regular masseuse? Yes. Yeah, she's fantastic, so. But, uh you know, Grant McCaslin, we went yesterday to, to talk to him. And as we're walking in, we hear this loud noise. Uh, you know, they're pumping in the, the crowd noise to prepare uh, oh, for Ames, Iowa on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I thought it might have been a concert or something. I didn't know what was yeah. going on, but it was it was that. And uh, you thought maybe Bon Jovi. Was, I was uh, thinking yeah, <laughs> uh, it would be phenomenal. If yeah, it was. yeah. 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 Wouldn't it? This Bon Jovi um, cup. <laughs> I have a Bon Jovi cup at home. So. You, oh, OK. <laughs> Not for the cupping, but for drinking. So, but, uh, I mean, just two phenomenal days, uh, you know, and just a lot of pride for Red Raiders. And, uh, 
you know, got to keep it going. Got to keep it going. And, and then Tech Baseball tonight, super excited for a, uh, another season of high hopes. And they start right out with number nine, Tennessee, at Globe Life Field. Yes, it's on Flow Sports. Uh, and then they got uh, Nebraska and, and Oregon and Texas A&M and then number seven, Oregon State. So, you know, they'll get some good gauge of where they are. And that's what Tim Tadlock had, had told us the other day that, uh, you know, they want these guys uh, ready. And these games are going to get them ready for the Big 12. So uh, all in all, just uh, happy to be a Red Raider fan. Pete, yes, Sean. Pete, what channels Flow Sports on? You know what? It's, you got to pay for it. That's all I know. And so uh, I, I'll probably pay for it and see. What, what's it, what it's all about. Yeah, I think you're going to be sadly disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I mean, but, you know. Not in the game, but just in the, right, the but flow I mean, sports experience. But if, <laughs> is it a multi-camera shoot? If it's just up above the like back, a center field that's camera garbage. Only or something, that's yeah. garbage. So That's no better than like a, like a local high school kind of broadcast or something. Yeah. In, in fact, that's probably and, disrespecting local high school And broadcast. through the fence. Yeah, okay. And so it reminds me of, I won't name his name, but I sent someone out to shoot a high school baseball game. One of the first times he went out, he goes out and, you know, you go down the third baseline. You don't want that fence behind back. He comes back thing, yeah. and didn't even shoot through the fence. It is fence. And I'm like, look, dude, if I wanted prison video, we don't want that. I mean, you can't see nothing. Oh, I, did, I mean, and he's I've never just, seen a lot of prison videos. <laughs> you want to go into that a little bit more? So you can't really see How'd prison video. Is that? How do you know that, Pete? No, what I'm, I'm just saying, the fence, I know dude. what you're saying. Yeah, it's a, but I was so annoyed. I'm like, dude, you can easily avoid the fence. You can go to the outfield. You, I mean, there are things you can do. So anyway, uh, but hopefully, Flow Sports is better than prison video. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you, you would hope, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, follow that, Jared. Man, this is like people think that what we do. Then football season is a busy time. And it is busy, don't get me wrong. Right. right now is the busiest time. There's so much going on. You got tech basketball in Big Twelve play, like Pete said, they're playing Iowa State uh tomorrow morning, and that's a huge game. And you win that, all of a sudden, man, that's I tech is gonna be what? I don't know what the spread is, but there'll be six, seven point underdogs, I would think. Iowa State's won what, like eight or nine out of the last ten games. Undefeated at home, undefeated I think, at yeah. home, and it's one of the toughest places to play year in and year out. Even when they're not very good, it's tough to play at uh, Hilton Coliseum and Ames. So it's going to be very difficult. But one good thing is they have Houston on Monday. Iowa State does, so uh-huh. they might be looking ahead to that, which is, would be crazy. But hey, you do know? they have that at home also? I'm not sure about so, that. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're playing that. It's game. at Houston. Okay. Ah, okay, and the and the line is Iowa State minus five. <laughs> Okay. Baseball right. season opening day to day, playing in Arlington uh, against Tennessee, a great program, oh, yeah. great team. Uh, was doing some content this morning, all morning with the Tennessee 247 site, uh, answering questions about tech baseball. So getting ready for that. Busy time. And then football, it's always something going on. Clay McGuire hired, uh, even though it hasn't been formally announced yet, as the offensive line coach. He was the running backs and offensive coordinator here in 2018. Uh, but he's been the offensive line coach at USC and Washington State and Texas State since then. Coming back to Texas Tech for a third stint, I, you know, I, there's a lot of reports out there about that, but uh, it hasn't. They're getting through some red tape, which like ninety. Oh, is some, the city involved? I, no, <laughs> but the university. I'm involved. sorry, when I hear red tape, I automatically it's uh, compliance. Think of the city it's of compliance Lubbock, stuff, yes. you know. Um, which Texas Tech's compliance is aggressive. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, they're serious. They don't mess around. They're way more. Uh, uh, what's the word? Conservative, I guess. Okay. Not politically, but just I'm saying they're very more by the letter of the law than some other programs yeah. I've heard about. You know, in terms of, like they cross all their T's and dot their I's. So. 
Uh, but I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's formally announced today um, about Clay McGuire. So that's exciting. Um, he can, if for whatever reason, if need be, can coach running backs and okay. uh, help out with some in some other areas. So experienced coach, obviously he's familiar with Texas Tech, and I know we're going to talk about that later. But, man, just a ton going on. Hoops recruiting, which we're going to talk about later as well. Um, some big some of the top targets were in town earlier this week and last weekend. And I caught up with a couple of them and got a breakdown on them. So, man, it's just uh, never a dull moment, man. Yeah. Always, always busy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I'm, I'm excited baseball season started, so yeah. that's cool. Um, you know, I'm ready for football. Heck, let's, let's play some football, you know? <laughs> oh, NCAA oh, football oh. coming out. The tease. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm jacked yeah. about that. That's my all-time favorite game. I am a gamer. I know you're going to make fun of me about that. No. But, uh, and good. that's been a big void in my life. Really? The NCAA football has been gone since yeah. 2014. So that's the good side of all this NIL stuff is that we get this back. That, that, that is cool. I You know, I, I haven't played uh, – <clears throat> I don't. I don't remember the last uh, game console. I think. I mean, I think I bowed out when uh, Xbox first started. That's when oh, they started wow. having too many buttons and stuff. Mm. You know, I. <laughs> I mean, I was an old school uh, Atari guy. You yeah. know, <laughs> no, but I mean, it just. It, I think it got so complicated with the with the controllers. And that's just where I remember one time because I used to beat both my my sons at everything, man. I, yeah. And one day they started, they just started catching up and beat me. Then when that came out and all these buttons, I was I had to admit to myself, you know what? I can no longer hang. Yeah, uh, this, you this, probably got pretty busy in your life. Too, well, right? I was, yeah. well, yeah, career and everything, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, but no, I just I was like, this isn't even fun anymore. It became mm. like it became like work. I mean, you got the mm. trigger button, these two things, <laughs> A, B, X things, all the stuff, and I was just like, I I, I don't enjoy this anymore. Yeah, it, it, it required too much thought. So that's when I hung it up. I retired from the from the gaming business. What about you, Pete? You ever be a big video? I mean, I, big we video got game? PlayStation, whatever. I mean, we've done some things, Atari and stuff. But I'm a I'm a Pac Man, Mrs. Pac Man yeah, type those of are great guy. games too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those old school ones are fun. Asteroids, all time yeah. great. Galaga, all time great. I'm see this one over here. Does that work? That yeah. We you know what? I think there's something. Uh, not operating properly on that. It's a, but I think it is a Pac-Man thing. I would, yeah, it's, we it's like a two-person Pac-Man table. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't fun. know if Miss Pac-Man is on there. But either but, one. But I'm not, I don't discriminate. Yeah, but that's cool. Do they yeah. have any old-school arcades here? Like, of course, they have the main events and all that. But, like... Like, where you really can go find yeah, an old-school like, old Galaga console yeah, or something. like yeah, a bunch of those kind of games and pinball uh, machines. And all. I mean, like... That's what they're catering to is basically like us people that grew up playing, like actually playing in arcades right, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. You can go get beer and food. Yeah, it's like a full deal. They have that like an Arlington. They have that Arlington. Yeah, just like the old days when you're in like ninth grade, you right. know, yeah. beer and Fun video fest games. In Arlington, man. <laughs> Fun fest in Arlington was a hangout. All right. Um, well, we come back here. It's our conversation with uh, with Shane Wright. This is a Pete. You you got to uh, got to visit with him. Is that correct? Yeah, we talked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. We did, did, I, did I speak out of turn? I mean, I. No. It sounds kind of like. Yeah, he's kind of like. Yeah, we we talked. What do you what do you what, what, do, you, what do you say? No. What? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I, I, look, man, my cup runneth over with blessings. <laughs> but uh, okay. I mean, here's a guy who who uh, played for Tech '97 to to '99 uh, in that area, and uh, you know that's a long time ago to some. But well, when when I when I talk to him, you're gonna hear. Uh, how you, you hear the term Red Raider for life and that, just the passion this guy has for Texas Tech. I love it. Awesome. I love it. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. It's coming up here in just a few minutes here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. 
conversation with? Well, first, let's get your thoughts on what Texas Tech baseball has evolved into being one of the top programs in the country under Tim Tadlock. Yeah, well, I mean, Tadlock, I mean, I would venture to say he's a legend at this point. He gets his kids playing, you know, his kids will run through brick walls for him. And, you know, that's kind of the uh, telltale of a really good coach. And he recruits the right type of kids to come there. Just great guys, tough, gritty. I mean, what you'd want to see in West Texas. How excited are you that they, they open up the season uh, really with five games at Globe Life Field against elite competition? I can't even tell you how excited I am to go to that game Friday night. My uh, wife and sons and I are flying in uh, for that game, and it's going to be electric in there. Yeah, no doubt. Tech ranked 21st, uh, Tennessee number nine. Tell everybody first, you know, you played for Tech 97 to 99. Kind of update people, uh, let people know where you are now because you're coming in from a long way to see uh, the Red Raiders play. Yeah, so shortly after college, uh, my wife and I moved to Minnesota for my wife's job. My wife uh, was the head women's soccer coach for University of Minnesota for nine years. And, uh, and then we started a family and had two sons, and she decided to uh, stay home with those two boys and, and raise them, which was one of the best decisions we've ever made. The boys have been brought up with red and black on as much as possible. And so even though we're up here in Minnesota, we're following Texas Tech just as closely as we would if we lived in Lubbock. That is outstanding. That's some good uh, fatherhood right there. Way to, way to keep it in the family, red and black all the way. So, hey, when you look back on your career, what sticks out for you? You know, it was always the people. You know, I, I mean, of course, it was a quarter century ago I played. So that was a long time ago. I remember it like yesterday, and it, I really remember it like yesterday because of the people. You know, I played for a legendary pitching coach, Frank Anderson. I mean, Coach Larry Hayes is, I mean, maybe one of the greatest humans I've ever met. The kids on the team, they're not kids anymore, but, you know, the teammates that I had, that we had, just so many good people. You know, they're pretty much like my brothers today. It was just the relationships and the people there in Lubbock were just, you just can't beat it. Well, Shane, you still hold a lot of records at Tech. Uh, Career records for games uh, started 47, wins 34, complete games 24, innings pitched 368.2. You're one of the legendary Red Raiders, and you see what's going on now. It's it's guys like you and teams back then in the late 90s that really helped pave the way for things like this to happen. Well, I mean, there were a lot of good ball players. I mean, I, I was fortunate to play with a lot of good teammates. I mean, you know, iron sharpens iron. When you got a lot of good teammates, you're going to be better. And I had a lot of good teammates around me, and, and uh, it was, I mean, it was just some of the best times in all time. I mean, it just going to school there and playing baseball there is some of the best moments of my life, and uh, I'm just thankful that I got that opportunity. I loved every minute being there and and uh i had some good years and you know it was you know something i would wish for my boys one day that they get to have that kind of an experience one day and playing with a lot of good teammates so i mean the tech program is just an unbelievable uh, spot i mean coach tadlock is taking it to a level that every single year they're in the mix arguably that florida lineup last year was the best lineup in college baseball 
and Tech went in there and played at their place and, and uh, played fearlessly. And, you know, I mean, kind of the motto that you see everywhere marketed is fearless champions, but it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we're talking to Shane Wright, former Red Raider pitcher from 1997 to 99. I had told you I really started dreaming about Omaha for the Red Raiders in 96 when they had USC come in. And then you come, you and your guys come in in 97. Uh, I believe you were ranked number one in the nation in 97. Yeah, so we were nine in 97. We were number one in the nation for three weeks. We had a run there where we were unstoppable. We had, you know, Joe Dillon is, yeah. you know, one of the most clutch hitters I've ever seen. He hit, I don't know, 33 or 34 home runs. Uh, I was telling a buddy the other day, that team went into Missouri. It was uh, early on in the year, and it was freezing cold. It's Friday night in Columbia, and we started off the game – Home run, home run, home run, double off the top of the wall, home run to start the game. Wow. And Missouri was spun. <laughs> they, didn't even, they didn't even know what hit them. That team was pretty special. I think there were three or four big leaguers on that team. Pretty cool. It was, we, were, we, were, we were tough. I have to believe it was an, an incredible honor to go into the Texas Tech Athletic Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was. It was really, it was really, you know, I mean, not something I ever expected and, and I mean, never even really thought about because it's like, not like people walk around and say, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I got the call and it was really kind of icing on the cake. You know, my, my mom passed away young and Mark Ostry was my best friend who passed away young, a former Red Raider player. And, uh, you know, it just kind of brought it all together that, uh, this time period here was extremely special. You know, I just feel fortunate, fortunate to have even been considered for that. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've always held my head high just after all the, the good times I had there and the good years. What teammates do you still keep in touch with the most? Well, I've been told I'm a serial connector. <laughs> so I stay in touch with a lot of people. <laughs> you know, like I, uh, you know, Steve Richardson was my roommate and I talked to him every single day. Clancy Fossum was another roommate, and I talked to him all the time. Josh Bard, you know, he's in the big leagues, coaching with the Dodgers. I, I uh, stay with him when I go out to Colorado. I see him a couple times a year. I hang out with Dave Lindstrom all the time. Dave Lindstrom was an All-American catcher at Texas Tech on that 96 team that played USC. He and I are real good buddies. I talked to Jason Huth, Ryan Reese, Marco Cunningham, Kate Allison. I mean, I, it, it, the list kind of goes deep. Well, uh, I text Brad Ralston and I give him crap about his golf club every once in a while <laughs> and, and uh, how nice a job he's done with that, but I tease him when I can. Well, you always hear the term Red Raider for life. You're living it. Yeah, well, we all are. We all are. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to you know see the Red Raiders like Brad and – some of the Red Raiders that have stayed locally there in Lubbock, what they have done. There's a huge contingent of, uh, of old Red Raider baseball players in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that are just highly successful with great families. It's, uh, yeah, definitely a Red Raider for life. What do you think about the, you know, the new facilities? And, of course, we're getting new on the football, but baseball got some amenities and upgrades. Yeah, they look unbelievable. I mean, Marco Cunningham, his son – is the number one ranked hitter in America in high school. And he's committed to Texas Tech. So when he went on his visit, 
Marco was texting me and telling me how special the new facilities are. He's like, you won't even believe them if you saw them. It's, they sound amazing. So I got to get down there and see them. Absolutely. Hey, you know, when you look at the game and, and watch, what are you looking at uh, when you're looking at pitchers and, and especially the Red Raider pitching staff? Well, I don't think we have enough time on this show to tell you what I look at in pitching. But um, let's just say it's deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of a pitching nerd because I've got two pitchers myself. So I'm, you know, I mean, the first thing we're always looking at is, you know, do they compete? I mean, how, you know, how, are they getting after on the mound? Are they competing? That goes for any pitcher, not necessarily just Texas Tech pitching. But, sure. you know, the consistency you've seen in Texas Tech pitching is there's just a lot of electric arms. You know, they're a lot deeper than, than um, what we had back in the late 90s. They've got a lot of electric arms. You know, I, I'm looking at their mechanics. I'm looking at kind of their pitch sequencing. How are they approaching three, four hitters when they get behind in the count? How are they approaching when they get in the head in the count? You know, our oldest son, he'll sit there and he'll watch it for hours and he'll, uh, he'll digest what those guys are doing. So we watch it closely. Are you happy or sad uh, that Texas and OU are leaving the Big 12? Well, everybody knows how I feel about Texas. That's a friend of mine. So um, the, the short answer is I don't like Texas. So I don't really care what they do. I think um, I think a lot of people it, are with you on that. I'm sort of like, yeah, you guys do whatever you got. You guys do whatever you want to do. I've told countless people here in Minnesota because we're kind of on the youth baseball circuit, and, and I've told countless people. I mean, if you, if you want to go to a program that's gritty and tough, Texas Tech's the spot. You know, it, it, you know that's not Texas. That's just that's never been Texas. That's not who they are. If you want gritty, tough baseball, you're gonna be a Red Raider. What's your best memory as a Red Raider when you played? Um, you know, we won two Big 12 titles out of the three years I was there. Those were electric. I mean, one of them was uh, Oklahoma Big 12 tournament. There were 13,000 fans at that game, or plus or minus, and uh, they didn't like one of the calls. It was in Oklahoma, and it was seat cushion night, so they all threw the seat cushions on the field. <laughs> um, so that was pretty memorable. I mean, we had some crazy battles with Texas. I don't even think the stories would be appropriate for the show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's just say let's just say they were pretty heated. If you ask around town, ask some of the guys that were there. That 1999 series with Texas was legendary. We won it late on Sunday. There might have been a little bit of a bench clearing. <laughs> There might have been a little bit of talking. There might have been a little interaction with the crowd. It was uh, it was pretty wild. By the way, Larry Hayes is going to be going into the New Mexico Hall of Fame. Are you surprised he is still coaching at a high level uh, now at Colorado Christian University on the softball side? No, I'm not surprised at all. I had breakfast with Larry two years ago up in Colorado, and we got together for probably four hours. Wow. And it was... I mean, we would still be there talking if we could. <laughs> it was just awesome to sit down with him and to, and to see the fire he's got. I mean, he was, I think he was 79 years old at the time, going on 22. And he was having the time of his life. I think he's just really passionate about a, a group of kids there, and they've had a ton of success. And, uh, you know, Larry doesn't really age. 
he looks the same as when he was coaching a quarter century ago. I, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. And, it, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to, to see him, I, I would jump all over it. Hey, jump into a different sport, Red Raider basketball. Uh, you used to know Grant McCaslin. You met him when he was here the first time at Texas Tech. Your thoughts on him and what he's doing with Red Raider basketball now as the head coach? Yeah, so Grant, let's see, he was helping out the basketball team in, uh, this would have been 1999, and he was dating a soccer player who has now, is now his wife. Yeah. Um, CC McC- uh, McCaslin and CC Dillon at the time. And, uh, we were real good friends with a lot of the soccer players. So for, you know, basically a, an entire semester, we were, we were with Grant and CC and hung out with the soccer team all the time. And I got to know Grant really well and just a, a, an awesome human. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those guys you meet, you can't forget. And you're like, you know, when I left and graduated, I just remember thinking, man, that guy's going to do some special stuff one day. I never thought he'd be the head basketball coach at Texas Tech, but I'm going to tell you that uh, when I heard that, when I heard he was hired, I'm like, man, that is perfect. And he's doing a great job, no doubt about it. Hey, tell everybody, we know you're in Minnesota. What are you doing now? So pretty much, I, so I'm a real estate developer and I do senior housing all over the country. So I'm either working in senior housing or talking with retirees or I'm in a batting cage with my kids (laughs) and my wife is usually filming. So, um, I, I don't do much. Uh, I'm either working or I'm, I'm doing baseball with the kids. You know, I play a little bit of golf here and there. So I got to get down and see, I got to get see red feather with Brad at one of these, uh, one of these times. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been in senior housing for over 20 years. Uh, we're working on a couple of projects in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I get to go to Dallas-Fort Worth a bunch, so that's kind of fun. And uh, that's what's kept me busy for a long time. Outstanding. Well, you're coming into town and at, at Globe Life Field. Uh, they got number nine, Tennessee, Nebraska, and then Oregon for the weekend, and then they're going to stay and, and play UTA and number seven, Oregon State. What are you expecting in these first five games from the 2024 Red Raider baseball team? Well, so I told, uh, I talked to uh, Coach Hughes recently, and I told him, you know, I know you. I know you're probably feeling good about your team, but I'm going to tell you as a fan from afar, I think you guys are going to sneak up on some teams. I think their lineup is going to be really tough. I think they have obviously some superstars returning. They got a key transfer. I think it's going to make a big, big mark on the team. And I really think they're going to be strong lineup. And, you know, they've got some arms that got a chance to be really good. So, you know, and, and I mean, they, they, they showed us last year as a young team, how fearless they were. So, I mean, they're going to go into these games, these first five games, they're not going to be scared of anybody. They're, they're going to, they're going to apply pressure. I mean, they're going to run into a really good team in Tennessee on on Friday night. And I I got a feeling that's going to be a tight game. And I think it's going to be electric and, and uh, you know, having Nebraska and Oregon finish out the weekend is a great way to start the season. And then, you know, I don't know a lot about UTA, but uh, I do know Oregon State is loaded. Um, a lot of teams have them, uh, you know, expecting to go to the World Series. So it's, it's going to be an awesome opportunity early in the year to play some big-time teams.
No doubt about it. Well, Shane, we appreciate uh, your time talking to us. And I can tell you, you were here 97 to 99. But all these years later, I can hear the Red Raider passion just coming out of your voice. And that pumps me up, man. <laughs> really appreciate talking to you. Blessings to you and your family. And really, man, be a sponge and soak it up this weekend as you go to Globe Life Field and see the Red Raiders. Oh, we will. I can't wait. Seriously, can't wait. All right. There you go. That's good stuff there, Pete. Way to go. Um, all right. We come back here talking uh, some football. Red Raiders, uh, you know, looks like Clay McGuire joining the uh, coaching staff. What does that mean for, you know, really for the staff? What does he bring to the table? So uh, we'll break that down uh, coming up here in just a moment. No, wait a minute. That is not. No, we're doing recruiting. I'm sorry. You're right, Pete. Sorry. I was I was ahead. I was one I thing was ahead. I was afraid to tell you. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. No, I feel no, I'm the one who I, I gotta I gotta tell you, I, you're, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna have to do that a lot during the show. I, I'm feeling a little uh a little uh I'll just you know it's it's all that cough syrup I drink before the show. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding, Pete. Um no it's uh, NyQuil. no never be afraid. You just wave and no no as soon as you do that, I was like, Oh wait, no, that, that is the that's the following segment. Yeah. Uh, here's what's coming You're up. You're a look ahead. It's, yeah, it's a look ahead. It's, it's a look ahead. Here's the thing, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what order we do it. I, I'm down. Let's, now, see, that's whatever. the kind of attitude I like right there. Can yeah. do. Yeah, well, let's Teammates. just spin the wheel of segments. What is coming up next? <laughs> oh, yes. That we should do that. Let's do that one show. <laughs> the real of segments. That would be awesome. See, there idea. you go. So, Done. oh, I spun it again, and now it's hoops recruiting. So there That's you go. Idea, How, does that work for you? Let's go. All right. I will do a wheel All of right. segments. I will do that, that would for be next awesome. Week. Yeah, wheel of segments. I think yeah, let's just do Put it. That, something that like really a, bad in there. Like, I don't know, something we need. Right. It adds an element of danger yeah. to the show. But, you know, like that game of life, you had that little spinning yes, wheel. Put a right. segment on each one, and we spin it. Right. That'd be awesome. By the way, but I don't want to work uh, where, get where it. we get more kids during the show or something. You know, I don't want to do that. You know, the game of life. No, we're not kids playing Candyland. Well, no, no, that's, no life. that's life. The game of life. You didn't put. You had to oh, get right. kids. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what? To, do yeah. you know no. the game? What? I do. I like the game. What kind yeah. of kids did you get in Candyland? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude. What I kind don't... of Candyland you playing? What? That's some weird, wild stuff going on here today. <laughs> All right, boy. Let's spin that wheel again. All right. Anyway, coming up, uh, hoops recruiting and uh, what's what things looking like for McCaslin and how are things going? We will get you updated on that. Next, best we can tell, here on the Red Raider Outfit <laughs> Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Inside the Red Raiders Football Recruiting with 24-7 Sports, Jared Johnson. All right, so uh, Hoops Recruiting is, is up next here. Yes, and uh, I guess, you know, I don't know that there's ever enough going on to where people can be uh, satiated for their uh, need for, uh, you know, more recruiting information. And uh, are they doing enough? Is it, you know, they got guys, what's happening? So, but you know what? That falls to you. You're the recruiting guru. No well, pressure, right? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no, you know, had some visits, though. People yeah, ha- yeah they, they did have some visits. People have been nervous, though, because there hasn't been a lot of high school recruiting activity. Now, look, McCaslin clearly did an amazing job in the transfer portal yeah. right when he got here because look at the team, the Warren Washington's of the world, the Joe Toussaint's, Darian Williams, who just had one of the all-time great performances, <laughs> right? single-game performances, really. I mean, you could argue in state history. Right. Uh, in, definitely in program history. Uh, but And that's what they're going to do again with this current class. So they didn't sign anybody in the 2024. They might add somebody late. It might be a walk-on situation. We'll have to see. But they are planning for the future. Uh, Kellen Buffington, who is the GM, he's the James Blanchard of the basketball program. Okay. He does a great job. 
he had uh, several guys on campus here. Those get those two games, uh, UCF on Saturday, and then Kansas, obviously a big stage, big Monday. Couldn't have gone <clears throat> any better, right? You had those two games in three days, and they had some big-time recruits on, starting with UCF. Uh, Davion Atkins is a 6'8 center. He's from the DFW Metroplex. He's rated as the number 77 national or player in the country for the 2026 class and the number nine center, uh, number six overall player in Texas for the class. He was in town. I actually caught up with him last night, and he told me the visit was amazing. So we took a tour around the practice facility, and it was really nice. And my favorite part was the atmosphere of it all. And the head coach, uh, Coach McCaslin, offered me. My reaction was just in disbelief. I was really excited. Wow. So he picked up the offer after the visit, uh, on after the game UCF. He said they didn't really uh, – him and McCaslin didn't have a long conversation, but just that he really wants uh, Atkins to play at, at, te- at Texas Tech. He's a, he's a bigger, in terms of taller, lankier – probably a little more skill in terms of agility than like a Norris Odiasi. That's I've only seen okay. a couple of highlights of him, but that's who I originally thought of. Like think mm-hmm. of that. Okay. Who knows about leadership yeah. and all the intangibles, the yeah. that, which is what Odiasi is all about. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I saw Odiasi play way back in the day at North Crowley and he, they just kind of, the highlights I saw reminded me of that. Uh, I asked, well, look, you know, I, you have several offers, uh, but you know, is tech going to be in the mix moving forward? And he said, Texas Tech is definitely in my top selection. I will probably make a decision at the beginning or midway through my senior year. He said he hears from TCU and Tech the most, but uh, he's getting a lot of of interest from Power 5 schools. So you're talking to, you know, top 10 prospect in Texas, top 100 national player. That's a big-time prospect they had uh, on campus Saturday for UCF. How important is it now for – uh, I mean, obviously, football, you know, McGuire is recruiting, building a base of high school players. I mean, he's, you know, in trying to fill in with transfers. Basketball, obviously different because the roster is so much smaller. Oh, you get yeah. a lot of transfer oh, yeah. guys. How important is it to have, you know, because when people freak out about, like, oh, man, we're only a high school guy signed or whatever. Yeah. But how important is that in today's college basketball situation with transfers? I mean, is it highly important to have a, a base of high school players that – Half of them are probably going to transfer out anyway. I Not mean, nearly so what, as what do important. You think? Yeah. And we're, you're having definitely two different conversations when you're talking about football and basketball. Mm-hmm. I was actually saying to uh, my girlfriend last night that, man, re- interviewing re- basketball and football recruits are, it's might as well be two completely different things. Don't get me wrong. You're asking a lot of the same questions in terms of recruiting, general recruiting questions, but just the tone of it, it's just completely different. I mean, they're just because they're two completely different animals. Now, there's some guys who play multiple sports, but I'm talking about, uh, you know, guys that are clearly basketball recruits and guys that are clearly football recruits. It's just, what's the biggest difference to it? Just their personality, the way you have to approach it. I think, um, I would liken, and look, there's some really cool, we just mentioned North, Odiasi. There's some really cool, uh, basketball players and recruits, but, um, it's a more individualistic sport. A lot of people try and say it's the greatest team sport of the game. No, it's not. I love basketball. It was my right. first love. Like it's literally my first love was basketball. Uh, I spent way too much time playing it, watching it, talking about it in, in, in my life. Uh, but it's more of, I mean, one guy can go in and dominate. Right. And, he, yeah. and, and just the fact that their face is visible compared to a football player who's so dependent on like Pat Mahomes. We saw in the one Super Bowl loss. Offensive line didn't block for him, you know, and that was to me. That's why they lost. Was, was simply that. That and Tom Brady was on the other side, but <laughs> that's another story. But basketball, 
you roll the ball out to Michael Jordan or LeBron or whatever, they can take over a game. You know, buy right. them some, one guy. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, they need a guy to play defense and all that stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's like a pitcher. A dominant pitcher could win you a couple games in a series. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so in baseball, it's just different. Uh, so I think with basketball players, just their personalities are different. So you have to ask them questions in a certain way, or they'll just stop talking to you. Where a football guy is more of like. More humble, I guess, yeah. is the kind of the same. I don't mean it like one's positive, one's negative. It's just, right. it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. It's just, no, you know. I, get, I get what you're saying. Um, another, going back to the visitors, another visitor for UCF. That was a good question, though, Jeff. Nice. Uh, Alex Barther from Fort Worth Eastern Hills, 6'4 shooting guard, four-star recruit, also a class of, of 2026. I have not caught up with him yet, but uh, he's another top 70 player in the country for his class, top 20 shooting guard, number five overall player in Texas. Um holds offers from Arizona State, Mississippi State, Missouri, SMU, TCU, A&M, and uh, Texas Tech offered him also after the game. So I'm, I've reached out to him and hope to catch up with him, but uh, that would be an amazing addition as well. Yeah. These type of type of guys that, you know, with all the guys you're able to bring in through the transfer portal now, experienced players, mm-hmm. are these the type of high school players? that I mean, again, uh, absolutely hypothetical. Who knows? But I'm just no, saying, just, but, you know, when they're, you know, highly rated guys, do these guys look at the kind of guys who, who could really come in and have an immediate impact yeah. when you got a team of lots of transfers with experience? That's also yeah. different than football is that, I mean, it has been like this for a long time, but you expect, I mean, definitely it's changed in our lifetime. But in the last 20 years, you're recruiting these guys, especially at this level, to come in and play and make an immediate And that's impact. what they all are looking for, yeah. too. Ultimately, it's just, yeah. To your point or your question, absolutely with the transfer portal, if they're not, I mean, everybody has to contribute the upcoming season. Or you might get processed, or you might be looking for playing time somewhere else. There's so many more options yeah. now. The game certainly has changed in that, yeah, every one of these guys, for the most part, uh, are you in that's a great example is drew Steph in that, um, you know, he had in his mind that he should be playing and I don't think McCaslin really wanted him. It was a holdover from the previous staff. Right. He did the right thing, which is very rare to be quite honest <laughs> right. in his cutthroat college basketball uh, world. But, uh, he did the right thing and upheld his, uh, scholarship and Texas Tech's uh, word. And he almost paid for it basically. Cause all the drama, you know, right, uh, which yeah. I'm not getting into all that, but yeah. you know what I mean? All right. Right. Like, right. There was a lot of negativity from that, and then he left the program and all that. Hey, what we always talk about um, how the transfer portal has kind of hurt uh, in football has hurt JUCO players' opportunities. Yeah. How how has it affected JUCO basketball players? Not as much. Um, it's still though the the elite are the ones who are going to be picked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are the ones, but they junior college recruiting basketball is still very much a thing because. Okay. Uh, like you said, it is it is different in football that you need uh, you need somebody you need immediate help. And if you can't find it in the transfer portal, or if you have a, a relationship with a coach at a junior college who has a great player, there you go. You know yeah. you can get that player, plug him in, and he can help. But I mean, when was the last time we saw Tech get a junior college recruit though? I mean, remember with South Plains, we were looking at some guys, mm-hmm. you know. But that was what five years ago, six yeah, years that's, ago. Yeah, I mean, just we look at Texas Tech. That is. It has changed significantly. What was that guy that we went out there and watched? Yeah. Bra- Jordan Brangers or yeah, something? Yeah, Is that who it was? Bangers yeah, and, uh, yeah. He may he bounced around Western Kentucky, and uh, I can't remember where. Yeah, he was uh, lots yeah. of places, yeah. But, I mean, he was he could score. Yeah. The dude he could, could shoot, score, yeah. you know, but, man. Then there was some guy, Gray. 
There was another player. They had like three yeah, guys on Josh team. Gray or what was his no, name? Josh. Yeah. No, what was, who, who was, was that? I don't know what you're was, talking about. There was yeah. a guy Josh. He was already coming to Tech. I there was Justin Gray, who of course came Not from Justin high school. Not Justin Gray. Josh. Uh, maybe it was Josh Gray. I don't know. But yeah. But it was a South Plains yeah. college guy, right? Yeah. 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 And, and he went on to somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah! Wow, man, time flies. It? it does. We've been doing this for a while. <laughs> no, we really have. Yeah, yeah. I remember that time. We yeah, that trip. We, that was we took man road trip down to Leverland, you know, and watch some basketball. That's yeah. right. I and remember. Pete was a celebrity there, man. We could barely Whatever. make it to the he's gym. Huge in, he's huge not only in this town, he's hey, huge in every the town. The coach's yeah. name we won't say. I believe he was there that night. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He sure oh, was. Coach Adams. Well, I was no. Like, no, Coach Beard. <laughs> oh, coach Beard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's how long ago it was. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was up yeah. in the stands there to yeah. see Bringers, I yeah. guess, that game anyway. Oh, this is falling back to earth, by the way. You notice that? Since yeah. they got to SEC play, their non-conference, they were crushing it. And wow. SEC play. Yeah, reality hit. Yeah. But... I was looking at this. Ole Miss has only been to like five NCAA tournaments in their history. Really? Yeah. Is that right? Like, I know. So if he, uh, he's already had a good season, there, but I, I, people don't want to hear that. So. <laughs> right. uh, By the way, Jordan Bringers is playing is playing in the Rios de Hermosillo uh, League in uh, Mexico. You got a Barry White thing going on, man. It's a, it's an improvement. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> sounds no. I'm saying it's like. You should <laughs> see if you can keep that improvement. going. No, you got that the deep voice. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I got you. You're right. That's like, fair. That's fair. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a Sean takeover. Uh, for Kansas. Be careful what you wish. Uh, for. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Tech hosted uh, three, uh, at least three recruits that I'm aware of. One of them being one of the top targets for the 2025 class in Kingston Fleming's, a six-three point guard. Out of San Antonio, Brennan, he's a top 25 national recruit, rated as the number four point guard in the class, number one overall player in Texas. So, Dang, okay. Uh, obviously, he holds several offers. I believe last I saw it was like 14 or 15 uh, big-time um, programs. And But Texas Tech's in the mix. Obviously, got him on on uh, campus for, I mean, come on, the Kansas game. Could you set up anything better <laughs> right, than that yeah, to yeah. host recruits? Um, and his teammate, 2026 uh, small forward Isaiah Ward was also there. Um, he's a six six uh, small forward. He he reminds me a lot of Kevin McCuller. He's a small forward that could do a lot of things for you, mm-hmm. and uh, he could play point guard. I mean, he's that kind of a ball handler. I know McCuller always wanted to be point guard, never really worked out right. uh, at the at the collegiate level. But uh, Texas Tech offered Ward back in September. He also holds a offer from Mississippi State. He says he's also hearing. I talked with him last night. There's a story uh, on our interview. I posted this morning on Inside the Red Raiders, but uh, he said he's also hearing from Oklahoma a lot and SMU a lot, uh, along with Texas Tech. Those are the three schools he's hearing from the most. As as far as the visit went, he said it was a great experience. We met at the practice facility in Buff. Uh, Kellen Buffington, Texas Tech's GM, uh, gave us a tour around the whole facility. I took pictures and met with the strength and conditioning coach and talked with him. After that, we headed to the game. My favorite part was probably the game. The atmosphere of the actual game itself was amazing. It was so loud in the arena, and you could definitely feel the energy. So, That's cool. Yeah. Um, definitely want to add a couple other things he's, he said. Uh, like I said, he's a versatile player. Averages 14.5 points, 7.1 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and 1.3 steals per game for Brennan this season, who's still in the playoffs. So, uh he says he doesn't know when he's going to make a decision, but Tech is definitely in the mix. So yeah. okay. there you go. And if you could get both those guys off Brennan, honestly, you'd feel really good. Um, 
Uh, Isaiah Ward is unrated right now, but he's going to be a top 100 Texas player for sure. So he, before it's all said and done, he'll be he'll get some stars. Yeah, he's saying, too good. Yeah. Uh, here's one of our national recruiting analysts actually saw him uh, play in a camp last last summer. I want to read what he said about him. He said he's a physical Swiss Army knife. Ward was always looking to make a play happen at all times. His energy never wavered playing on either end of the floor, and his awareness stood stood out with some of the best in, in the camp. He was sol- he has solid mechanics on his jumper, but he will need to continue to work to shoot a higher percentage consistently from the perimeter. Uh, he said uh, Micah Robinson is a guy that comes to mind when watching him go about his business. But So basically, he, what, he, what it reminded me of was Kevin McCuller. You know what yeah, I mean? Like a yeah. uh, streaky shooter, uh, but a Swiss Army knife. And good defender, mm-hmm. high high motor, which yeah. you know McCaslin uh, likes and right. likes. So, and he's also uh, unselfish, which is a big part of what Texas Tech's uh, done this year. One more guy I want to mention that was on uh, at the game Monday was three-star center Jaden Leverett out of El Paso Chapin, six uh, nine. He's ranked uh, as a thirty-eighth center. He's a three-star recruit, but ranked as the thirty-eighth center in the country, fortieth uh, uh, player in Texas for the twenty twenty-five class. So. Get a top forty player in Texas for this class. That'd be nice. So they they got guys they're they're after. So things oh, are yeah. happening with high school recruiting. Oh, yeah. See, that's everybody can rest easy knowing knowing the wheels are in motion. You this know, is K O N E Lubbock, by the way. You know, what gives me the biggest anxiety is the reaction of the fan. The fans are so like what Pete's talking about. Like yeah. I don't I don't really care about as much as what they say is when they get so worried about like why haven't they announced the offensive line coach or why haven't why? they what's going on with high school recruiting? What's you know what I mean like. <laughs> A mentor told me, look, when they stop complaining, that's when you should be worried. So I yeah. get that. That's the other side of it. But, man, it's, you know, it's good that they're, that they're fanatical. Right. But I know, like, when I talk with people at Tech, it's always like, man, tell them fans to relax. It's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's really, like, our value is to communicate as, like, a liaison between the coaches, the players, and the fans saying, like, it's going to be all right. And then when it's not, we'll break that down too. But right. not everything, and, and I think everybody in the way the world is now is everything is like a conspiracy. Or but see, I, and, and 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 you're right. In the world, it's that way. But I think for tech fans, yeah. since the leech incident, yeah, everything has been a conspiratorial thing. Of this group of people are trying to make this thing happen, and 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 it has. I think to this day, to me, that is where in my memory of Texas Tech sports. That whole leech thing is where all it yeah. started really there, where distrust and things like that. In Tech fans' defense, there has been a lot of drama. There has. Be, there has. Yeah. There's been a lot of drama. I mean, it really has. Be, yeah, like and so you can understand why people are so, uh, you know, the anxiety of yeah. things, because what does that mean? What does that mean? What, yeah. what, is, does that mean that the whole thing's falling? I mean, you just can't help but feel that way. But it has been since like 2009. To me, that's just and where just look at the basketball the stuff, program, you know? right. not even football. Right. I mean, look at uh, Tubby right. just running away in the night, right. you know, like uh, and all that. And then Tubby Smith, and then the Chris Beard, like the highs and lows, right? Is, you know, and the drama of him leaving, and then <laughs> Coach Adams. Oof. Yeah, I, I hope I never have to cover a, a season in a team like last year. Yeah. That was that was, that was, that was toxic, miserable. man. Remember that how was, miserable I was? Yeah, I was like this yeah. is this is not why I got in this business. <laughs> to be, I don't want to be TMZ. You know what I mean? But yeah, it'd be nice to just some good have some good times for a while well, where everybody can feel. Yeah, well, yeah. and he's he's brought yeah. some nice uh, he has stability there, and it's it's felt wood. good, right? Exactly. I know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it'd be nice to have some good times for a while uh, in all the sports just to kind of be able to relax a little bit, yeah. you know. And, I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to go full Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> Texas Tech basketball recruiting 
uh, is in a good place. You look at what they did in the portal. Look mm-hmm. what the, su- the success they're having this year. They're getting high-end recruits on mm-hmm. campus. Relax. Yeah. I think it's going to work out. I really do. All right. See, and it's Friday. You're heading into the weekend. Let's all feel good. All right. I like it. I, boy, you, I'm already more relaxed. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So coming up next, I believe, Pete, I think we're, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, spin the sure this time. Here we go. Yes. No, uh, Clay McGuire set to join the Red Raiders coaching staff football. So we'll uh, talk about that. What does he bring to the table? Uh, you know, what does it mean for the, for the staff in general? And, you know, what, what kind of impact do you think he'll have? On things. So that's coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Inside the Red Raiders football recruiting with 24 7 Sports, Jared Johnson. All right. Clay McGuire said to yes. join the staff. What can you tell us about Clay McGuire? Yeah, he's unrelated he's, to Joey, right? He is unrelated. And as yeah. far as I know, it hasn't been announced. Now, there's a million reports out there. Um, I, I have confirmed with very good sources that it's. It's in the, they're past the way past the butt sniffing stage. As I like to say, I know you love when I say that. Uh, butt sniffing. That's all. It's, it's red tape. It's compliance. Oh, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm looking to see if they announce it yet today. It's the visual of that. I think it just cracks me up. If humans actually did that, if that was really part of the thing, you know, like dogs do. It, it just it freaks my boy out that our dog does that. You know, he's like he's a little rapey. My dog, to be honest, uh, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, I thought we were going to get past the whole <laughs> talking about butts after after, oh, Pete, oh. after Pete brought it up. Oh two weeks man! In a row. Anyway, that just makes me laugh. So thank you. I needed a good laugh there. There you <laughs> go. Pete's just going to abstain on that one. Okay. No. No. Okay. No. It's all good. Bottom line is, it's a happening thing. Clay McGuire okay. coming back for a third stint as an assistant coach at Texas Tech. Of course, he played for Texas Tech under Mike Leach from 2001 to 04. He was an H back, which sets him up. Actually, set him up perfectly for his coaching. Uh, career uh, he caught like over 30 passes a couple touchdowns uh, okay. during his time a- as a player then it was a video game court or video game video coordinator you gotta be thinking about you say football i can't stop thinking about it. uh video coordinator was his first job like 2000 uh, 2006 at tech uh, and then he steadily climbed the ladder um he was a ga offensive uh, grad assistant and then he was special teams coordinator and uh, running backs coach before all the drama, like you mentioned before, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Leach was fired uh, uh, with cause in, in uh, 2009. Then he followed Ruffin McNeil over to East Carolina and okay. was, same thing, running backs and special teams coordinator there. Um, then rejoined, reunited with Mike Leach at Washington State and was offensive line coach there for a long time. Um, then he actually came back and was on Kingsbury's final coaching staff in 2018 i I forgot about that and he was running backs and special teams coordinator so then so he kind of went from offensive line back to running backs and special teams and he did a good job really professional dude like when you talk to him you know he's not like doesn't give away a lot you know he's very professional smart uh obviously experienced um but after you know kingsbury was let go and that staff was blown up he went to texas state for a couple years then went to usc and was offensive line coach for one year under Lincoln Riley in 2021. And then the last two years, he was back at Washington State as an offensive line coach. And, I mean, what I like about it is obviously experience, the dude's experience. People are going to point to his Texas Tech ties, but I don't really think that's why he's hired. I think it's the experience and his versatility. And part of that, I mentioned, you know, he has been running backs coach and special teams coach. Kenny Perry, who is in many ways one of Joey McGuire's, like, closest confidants on the staff, one of his best friends, um, and 
as long as he, I, I feel like as long as they continue to have success, I mean, special teams and running backs, that was two of the best position groups last year, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but as long as they continue to have success, I, you know, I think Kenny Perry is going to be on the staff, unless he takes a head coaching gig, which he did. I mean, it's out there. It's been publicized. He did interview for the UTEP job this offseason. So, and he has aspirations, which, of course, you know, not without having... But you been, want guys to have aspirations to be a head coach, uh, right? And, in knowing both those McGuire and Perry for a long time professionally, um, I would be shocked if McGuire wouldn't do any everything, anything and everything to help facilitate his buddy get that ho- head coaching mm-hmm. gig. You know, um, but if my point is, the reality is, if that happens, what's your backup plan? Well, Clay McGuire has experience at both running back and special teams, uh, being a coach in those positions. So, when you look to re- hypothetically, if you would have to replace Coach Perry, if he went on and took a head coaching gig then you have options. You can look at the best offensive line coach available, the best running backs coach, the best special team. You don't have to just be like, oh, we got to replace this position group. You know yeah. what I mean? Because Clay McGuire can move over. I don't know if that's something they'd want to do. I haven't talked with anybody about that, but that makes a lot of sense to me that McGuire's versatility is a big plus in terms of the coaching staff moving forward. Yeah, and that's cool. Like I said, having a, just a experience, but having yeah. – you know, several kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of kind of guy too that yeah. can plug in in some different areas. That's that's really cool. So. And going to recruiting since we had that lead in, um, one big time Texas Tech player that Clay McGuire was a lead recruiter with was Eric Ward. That was one of the more interesting recruitments. Four star receiver. It's going way back in the day. Yeah. He signed with Oklahoma and was going to Oklahoma, and then he just showed up at Texas Tech. You know, like God, he changed weird, his mind, man. and that was kind of a weird thing. But Eric Ward had a great career as a Red Raider. You know, he was one of my favorite players. I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He, How's he doing? He, he wants to get back in the area. He called me about a couple open high school football he's coaching, jobs. right? Yeah, he wants to be a head coach in Lubbock. Where, in where's he area. at now? Do you know? I think he's in Wichita Falls. That's where he's from, I believe right? so. Yeah. He was okay. there. So, but he was trying. He looked at the Coronado job. He's looking at a. He looked at Brownfield. So, uh, you know, he's seeing what he can do. Back in the area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I think he wants to be near the the hubbub with what's going on at Tech. Right. So. He's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah Do we ever dude. have him on? I feel like we had him on. I, inter- I interviewed him. I just can't remember if it was on the radio or... I have forgotten more than I can remember. <laughs> Same. Same. We've had Eric Ward on. We have? We okay. have? Okay. All right. Thank you. That Was that like the first year of the show or something? It's been a while, right? Yep. Been a yeah. while. Okay. okay. All right. Is this year eight, really? Year eight. Wow. wow year okay. eight. Time flies. You're having fun, Pete. And it's it is fun. It really is hard to believe we've been doing this for eight years, though. Really, I mean that's yeah. that's that is pretty crazy. Because in some ways, it just seems like a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, look at that. I hate to get look all at misty-eyed us. about it. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Clay McGuire? I mean, you've been doing been this around. all the time. Yeah. What do you what do you think about the hire? Yeah, I like it. I th- I think they'll have some fun with the McGuire and McGuire yeah. shirts or something. You know, they'll have some crazy thing, two faces. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just an, another guy who knows about, uh, you know, what this town's about, the grittiness, the the West Texas tough. And, uh, you know, he'll he'll get these guys going. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, we, we need the line to be extremely good. Well, yeah. and, and I was about to say, we yeah these things here but what what about you know is this as far as the, the actual coaching of the offensive line here is is there going to be is do you, do you expect that he's going to be better is it going to be uh is you know he better equipped to be a better offensive line coach is that an improvement well he's been associated with some of the, the great offensive minds in the last 20 years I'm thinking mm-hmm. about mike leach yeah. lincoln riley 
Cliff Kingsbury, say what yeah. you want, but I really respect him from an X's and O's perspective as an offensive <laughs> play caller. I hope he doesn't do all that great <laughs> coming up with the uh, Redskins or the Commanders, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, no, right. I mean, I wish. Hey, the they still the Redskins to me too. I'm so, the same yeah. way, just like the Cleveland Indians to me in baseball. I just can't get used to the. Have you seen the <laughs> the meme of a uh, Native American wearing? Uh, it looks like a Redskins logo, but it's a white dude. It says Caucasians. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite t-shirts i've ever seen that that's funny i've not seen that yeah i wasn't I offended that. by it no you know I mean? right no. right all right well uh, we come back here um it's going to be time to uh, unveil uh, the rockin 25 college basketball poll for this week with our friends eric Haslam and michael hunter and uh, probably talk some big 12 basketball as well still to come here lady raider basketball uh we'll also uh, preview texas tech's road game tomorrow against iowa state and uh, even hear from uh, from Tim Tadlock and Craig Snyder, baseball and softball. So we've got a lot to get in between now and 1 o'clock, but that Rockin' 25 is next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on Rock 101.1. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll is put together by sports experts from around the country. While some voters see one or two games a week, our voters see games live, on TV, and really understand college basketball. It's time to release the Rockin' 25 on the Rockin' pregame. All right. It is our college basketball rocketologist from the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. We're joined by the owner and the rabble rouser at Tease the Dog, Michael Hunter, and owner, operator, and bracketologist at Haslametrics.com, that being Eric Haslam. Gentlemen, the NCAA will release the top 16 teams uh, coming up tomorrow Who's on your list? You know, for me, the one line is pretty well set, uh, especially the top three. I think the top three have separated themselves uh, by a pretty fair distance from the rest of the field of Purdue, UConn, and Houston. I'm going to give the nod to Marquette, and I know that there's there's a certain <laughs> running joke that we carry on this on this particular broadcast, but right now I, I really like the Golden Eagles. I think we're going to dive into them a little bit later. But uh, um, those are those are my four number ones right now on my two line. I have Arizona, Tennessee, uh, UNC, despite the uh, the loss to Syracuse, and probably something that was unforeseen even to me until I actually sat down to, to think about it was is is Iowa State is my fourth uh, number two right now three line uh, for me Baylor Kansas Auburn which is kind of a darling right now given their recent just I, I don't even really know how to put it um destruction of South Carolina which had been kind of a darling themselves and then my fourth number three is Illinois which is a team I don't particularly believe in but I can't really argue with their results my four line is kind of where I'm probably going to deviate from Eric a little bit my number one number four uh, would be Duke and then I have Creighton I really like Creighton maybe like them a little bit more than some other people but I like their makeup I think Greg McDermott's a really underrated coach and then I have a team that I don't really believe in that other people do in Alabama on my four line. And then my, my last number four is South Carolina, uh, despite that that embarrassing loss to Auburn. You know, Auburn's a tough place to play. South Carolina had been kind of playing out of their minds lately, and, you know, maybe it was due for a little bit of a, uh, 
a falling back to earth kind of situation. But regardless, even at this point, they still only got three losses on the season. I think the Gamecocks are, are very well coached. Their coach is a hot name on the free agent market right now. And I think the Gamecocks have, have earned one of those top 16 spots. There's going to be a lot of overlap here. I think Michael's absolutely right with the top three, Purdue, UConn, and Houston. I would probably put Arizona as my fourth number one in there. I think North Carolina had the inside track at one point, but they have taken themselves right off this list with losses to Clemson and Syracuse. You get down to the two line. I In order, I like Tennessee. I like Marquette. I have North Carolina there as well. My last uh, number two is Kansas. Not thrilled with Kansas. I think they're more in line with a three, but I think they're going to get a two because of their ceiling and the talent that they have when they are motivated. Going to the three line, I have Baylor. I have Iowa State. I have Auburn. And then it's kind of a tough one at the uh, the bottom of the three line. It's either Alabama or Duke. I'm probably going to side with Alabama on that one. And then you go to the four line, you flip those two around. I have Duke as the as the top uh, number four. I have Wisconsin there. And then things get a little bit murky. Um, and I guess you could probably look at about five teams that are fighting for two spots. I'd say San Diego State has a case. I think Dayton has a case. Illinois is in a good spot. Creighton is in, in a good spot. And like Michael said, South Carolina you know, they just got buried the other night against Auburn, but you can't discount them either. They, they've got a pretty solid record. Not an analytical darling, but when you're looking at the resume and what they've accomplished, you can't discount it. So South Carolina's got to be considered for a four. Well, let's release the top five of the Rockin' 25 right now. Anarchy reigns this year. Purdue remains number one. Houston jumps UConn for two. Arizona four. Iowa State five. If this was next year, you would have three Big 12 teams in the top five. But national media doesn't seem to be giving the love. Some believe that should be given to the league. Eric, what do the numbers say about the Big 12 now? Well, in my mind, the Big 12 is still the best. That really hasn't changed over the last few years. You know, it's it's still rare for me to see the Big 12, you know, see a team outside the top 100 for me out of the Big 12. This year, the Big 12 has two of them. Number 119 is Oklahoma State and number 142 is West Virginia. But if you look at the top 40 in this conference, it's really so like mega impressive. 10 of the 14 teams in the Big 12 are in my top 40. That means the Big 12 makes up one quarter of my top 40. Name (laughs) another power conference that can do that. The Pac-12 has three. The ACC has four. The Big Ten and the Big East each have five. The SEC has six. You're looking at that conference, who could be even better next year. But right now, they're just still the cream of the crop, in my opinion. You have good teams from all these other conferences, but top to bottom, the Big 12 is just the gold standard in college basketball. There are teams in the Big 12, Eric, that I don't particularly believe in. The top two would be K-State and TCU. Is their involvement in the top 40 a byproduct of just simply playing in that conference? I think that's a, a major part in it. I think a lot of people have made that argument that because they are staying close with really elite teams, it makes them look elite. I think the, it's a very valid question, and it might actually be a potential weakness with the analytics. And a lot of that stuff kind of shows if it's true or false once the tournament comes around. But, you know, at this point, you got to look at what you got in front of you with the data that you have and the fact that you've got all of these teams, including – you know, the likes of a Cincinnati and a BYU as well as the other teams we mentioned. I mean, just top to bottom, you know, there's no off nights in the Big 12. They are just at another level versus other conferences. 
And I think the result of that is, you know, we may not believe of them as far as being competitive in the Big 12, but I think one thing that's another byproduct of them playing the Big 12 is these teams are going to be battle-tested if they are able to to sneak their way into the dance. And, you know, they they pick up in maybe a middle-of-the-tier ACC team or something like that, then you you have to like the competition that the Big 12 teams have faced night in and night out against an ACC team in that situation. Six through 10 of the Rockin' 25 has You Can't Trust Marquette at 6th. Tennessee falls three spots to number seven. North Carolina falls three spots after a big loss this week. Baylor jumps up four spots to number nine, and Kansas drops two as Texas Tech gives Bill Self the worst non-conference loss in history at Kansas when they are not top ten. That can't be right. Non-conference team. Anyways, Texas Tech gave a smackdown to Bill Self and the Jayhawks. Marquette (laughs) keeps sneaking up higher. Uh, Michael, is this the year for Shaka Smart? It's funny. I, I, you know, I would have to ask in what regard uh, a, a deep run. I would love to say possibly, but then I, I found myself almost the same time last year on the same show answering a very similar question, and I said, "Absolutely, Shaka Smart is back." You know, this is the year he he busts out of that stigma, the the post VCU, the post Mike Rhodes as an assistant stigma, where he can he can replicate another deep run into the tournament. I love Tyler Kolick. I think he's one of the best guards in America, if not the best point guard in America. He's turning it on at the absolute correct time of the season right now. He's been absolutely dominant lately. Uh, I do think Marquette is a top five team, as as shown by me giving them the fourth number one. Uh, Cam Jones not having as great of a season as he had last year, but still formidable. Um, you know, 14 points a game, about a point shy of where he was last year. Maybe a rebound less, uh, a couple less steals total on the season, but he's still one of the better guards in the country. And, and together, Kolick and Jones make up one of the best backcourts in the country, bar none. So, uh, you know, this is, you know, one thing I do like about this team, uh, top five players. Uh, top five scores, all upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, eight players averaging at least 15 minutes per game. So they're all deep. Ten players uh, have appeared in at least 16 games in the season, so they have a lot of experience. You know, most teams this year, or lately, in the last ten years probably, only going six, seven players deep. So so Shaka having eight players in a rotation that have seen the court Consistently and 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 logging valuable minutes, I think is is a big deal for Marquette, especially come tournament time where the whistles get a little bit tighter. So, I, I would like to think that this is the year. I love this backcourt. I love this point guard. To me, guard play is absolutely imperative and paramount when it comes to winning in March. So, I give Marquette an excellent chance to make a, a Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight appearance at least. All right, exclusive to the Rockin' pregame, it's the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologist Michael Hunter and Eric Haslam. So our focus on the Big 12 finishes this week. Kansas loses to Texas Tech on the road. Other than Oklahoma, the rest of the Big 12 ranked teams hold serve. Five teams are all within a game and a half of Iowa State and Houston. Eric, uh, will the Big 12 championship be decided on Monday when the Cyclones visit Houston? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, as we talked about the earlier question, so much can, you know, so much can happen, and there's so many tough matchups still ahead of us. We're still only in mid-February. I always have to remind people of this, that when you're a month out, you still got about seven games remaining on the regular season slate before you even get to the conference tournaments. And, you know, so if you're looking at a team like Houston, you know, first they get Texas, and then they get Iowa State, 
And then after that, they still got to play Kansas. They, they got to go to Baylor. They got to go to Oklahoma, Iowa State, an easier slate after Monday, but they still got to contend with, with BYU. They, you know, Oklahoma's still out there. They have to go to Kansas State. I will say this, um, of the teams that are in contention, and I'm going to include uh, those two teams we talked about with Iowa State and Houston, as well as uh, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor, I think Iowa State and Texas Tech have the easiest road ahead. Iowa State has three teams ahead of them outside of the top 50. Texas Tech, also three teams outside the top 50, including the two cellar dwellers in the Big 12. That's West Virginia and Oklahoma State, be them road games as they are. But the other three teams, Houston, Baylor, and Kansas, they cannot say that. Their road leading up to the Big 12 tournament is just plain tougher. You know, while the Big 12 is obviously, I think, the best conference in the nation, each of these teams atop this this conference aren't without their faults. Houston has trouble scoring in the half court at times. LJ Cryer is excellent on the offensive end, but Jamal Shedd is nicked up seemingly all the time. Baylor is young. Kansas has, you know, a top three player in the nation, but he's also out with a knee injury. So, you know, all of these teams, while very good, also have their question marks. I think, you know, that, that makes them susceptible to a team like TCU or Kansas State that we talked about earlier, maybe even Cincinnati, jumping up, biting them, and hurting their chances at winning this conference. This conference is far from decided. It's going to be it's going to be quite a run, to uh, a sprint to the finish, if you will, I think, in the Big 12. Hey, Michael, when it comes to Texas Tech, do you think they have the guard play personnel that they can actually go out there, win the Big 12, and make a den in the NCAA tournament? I would say that Texas Tech does have enough guard play. The question for me, and I, I didn't admittedly watch the entire game the other night, you know, while guard play is absolutely paramount, that those guards have to be healthy. Uh, my biggest question mark, again, like we talked about with some of the others, is with Texas Tech, for me, it comes down to firepower. You know, they're... They're kind of a team of, of that's been assembled by Coach McCaslin. Um, they have gelled well, I think, thus far in the season. But I do worry about firepower when it comes against uh, when it comes to Texas Tech, uh, especially playing on on road neutral courts. Hey, Michael, as you look at these teams in the Big Twelve, which team might be fooling the analytics because they just aren't playing smart on the court? You know, it's it's funny because there's kind of two different analytics there's there's like eric's analytics as well as the net analytics then there's individual uh, performance rankings analytics when, when it comes to that i think kansas kind of jumps out to me i think you know some of these teams like baylor for instance is young i think they play above their heads at times but kansas there's a lot of detracting factors for me when I'm, when I'm looking at the jayhawks and, and making a potential final four run you know despite a premier front court you know, they don't really hit the offensive glass all that hard. They they don't really turn over their opponents as far as live ball situations that often. They they don't hit a ton of threes, though they do shoot them pretty well around 35, 36%, I believe. They're not very deep. I think they're actually one of the, the lower half teams in the nation as far as bench minutes go. But they do shoot the ball well. Kevin McCullough is one of the top five players in the nation. He's an All-American. However, there's another question mark there. Is that knee going to be healthy enough to sustain a deep tournament run, six games that are required to win the NCAA tournament after playing a conference tournament in which they're going to try to you know, get up to that two line, possibly get up to that number one line if they're able to win the Big 12 tournament. So it's Kansas, to me, looks... 
you know, on paper, they have a lot of star power. I, I think Dewan Harris is one of the premier uh, perimeter defenders in the nation. McCullough, obviously one of the premier perimeter defenders in the nation, as well as a, a Swiss Army Knife type player. Dickinson, one of the top centers in the nation. K.J. Adams is is one of the best mid-range players, I think, in the nation, as well as a tremendous pick-and-roll player. But I, I just... Their depth worries me. Um, their reliance upon their their big men worries me because that whistle does get tight in March. What if Dickinson gets in foul trouble? What if McCullough is nicked up and, and can't go 100% or maybe even, God forbid, has to actually sit out a game? So I, I think Kansas has a lot of question marks, and, and they're going to have to prove some things coming down the stretch. Eric, as the NCAA starts with creating practice brackets this week in preparation for March Madness, uh, since so many teams in the Big 12 may find their way in, what's the difficulty in placement uh, teams to avoid early matchups? Well, that's that's always a difficult thing to do every year. I mean, not only are you trying to avoid interconference matchups in the first couple rounds, but you're also avoiding the non-conference matchups that have already occurred. And now you're all of a sudden talking about... I, I, here's another thing I'm going to throw out there as well. Then on top of an effort, you actually try to ensure that conferences aren't doubling up within the top four seeds of any particular region. So you're dealing with that as well. So all these things, as I go through this exercise every single year, in certain instances, you're forced to move a team two or three spots. I'm not talking seeds. I'm talking spots. So like uh, one seed would be one through four, uh, two seed would be five through eight. You're sometimes moving a team as many as three spots just to try to find one, a kind of a matchup, like a set of four matchups that are available. Because you're like, you come across these three, that makes a good fit, and then all of a sudden you're left with a Big 12 versus Big 12. You're like, okay, well, I have to go back to the drawing board on this foursome, and you have to try something else. That gets really tricky, especially in the Big 12, when you're talking about up to 10 teams getting a berth in the NCAA tournament. That means you're going to get two teams in two regions, three teams in the other two regions. So it's going to get really crowded, going to be really difficult to do. But it's just something you kind of deal with. You will find a way. You hopefully don't have to move somebody off of a seed line to a different seed line. But, yeah, you can shift them quite a bit inside of a seed. So you can potentially be a bottom 10 seed and have to be shifted up to a top 10 seed or vice versa just because you have to avoid these kind of matchups. It makes it tricky, but it's just, you know, part of the business. It's the way it always works out, and somehow everything kind of falls into place in the long run. It's the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologists Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter. Which Big 12 game is the one to watch out for in the next week other than Houston hosting Iowa State? Uh, I'm going to go with Baylor on the road against BYU on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, I, I've said it a couple times so far today, Baylor's a really intriguing team to me. Uh, if, you've, if you're if you a frequent listener of the show, you know that I love Jacoby Walter. You know that I love Eve Misi. Uh, over the years, uh, I've come around on Scott Drew a little bit. But with this Baylor team, they, they have some really nice pieces, but they're still a very young team. They are the best three-point shooting team in the nation, which is which is very interesting to me. But they are two and three true road games this year. Uh, they have dominated in neutral floor games as well as semi-away games. But true road games, two and three straight up on the season. Uh, you know, a, a young team that shoots well, but if you're going to advance in the dance, You've got to learn to play in hostile environments. You've got to be able to, to be able to shoot in basically true real game situations because the further you go into the tournament, the the more likely it is that you're going to encounter a team who has the crowd on their side. I just think for a young team, they have something to prove. BYU is 
uh, a fairly experienced team who's also looking to to improve their seed chances. I'm not sure where or if Eric has them in the field right now, but you know Baylor. Uh, that's a big test for the Bears, I think, coming down the stretch, and, and could be indicative about how they perform come conference tournament season as well as NCAA tournament season. Yeah, for me, and I'll pick Kansas State at Texas on Monday. I think Kansas State is playing spoiler right now. They have not had their their best year, admittedly, but they beat Kansas last week, and then they overperformed in a loss to BYU. As for Texas, wins and losses may not show it, but Texas is actually playing some of their best ball of the season right now. They fell out of my top 25 before Thanksgiving, fell as low as somewhere around 75th in my performance rankings, I think. And now they are back knocking on the door of my top 25. They've got a lot of easy wins over the last month, mixed in with some tight losses versus elite competition. And a lot of that has coincided with the return and, and, and rise of Dylan DeSue, um, who really struggled early to come back from a foot injury. He's been a beast as of late, scoring in double digits in his last seven games. He hung 28 on Iowa State last week Tuesday, and then another 27 on West Virginia last weekend. On top of that, you have to deal with Max Aismas, who still hasn't scored south of 10 points in a single game this year, shoots 39% from three-point range. You know, Texas looking to keep keep the momentum going. They're top 10 in my momentum metric, but, you know, Jerome Tang, he always has a plan. You can't overlook Kansas State in any game, in any situation. Well, fellas, where can people find your work? You can find me on Twitter at TeaseTheDog, D-A-W-G. And as always, people can find me, my ratings, my rankings, my bracketology, and my projections over at Haslometrics.com. Otherwise, if you guys are looking for me on Twitter or X, I will be out there going hashtag analytically final at at Haslometrics. All right, our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Michael Hunter and Eric Haslam for breaking down the analytics and the teams this week. And as always, the entire Rockin' 25 college basketball poll uh, can be found at rock101lubbock.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, talk to you next week. All right, coming up next, Pete gets us updated on the Lady Raiders when we return here to the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Lady Raider basketball. All right, Pete. Lady Raiders on a four-game skid right now. Yeah, tough loss the other night to, to Oklahoma State. Uh, they lost 60-50. to 50. And uh, before we get into some of the details, I just wanted to mention, you know, sometimes uh, basketball is secondary to something going on in the game. And uh, the community of Groover... Uh, came down. I think they had over 500 people at the game. And uh, Groover has a, a young lady on their team, uh, on the Oklahoma State team, Brenna Butler. And, of course, the Lady Raiders have Bailey Maupin. And uh, their teammate, Cameron Arms, is battling uh, Ewing sarcoma, a form of cancer. And so uh, not only w- w- was Groover there to see both the, all three of these girls from Groover, but both teams were claiming victory shirts and uh, after the game, both coaches, uh, you know, you give a post-game you know, opening statement. Nothing was about the game. It was about, uh, you know, Cameron and, uh, and what happened at this game. And it just was really powerful. Even uh, Kings Highway had their Red Raider bus go up to Groover and bring everybody down. And, you know, it's just something to me that only happens in West Texas. I mean, just people coming together. And uh, lifting, you know, one person up, and you know, they uh, afterwards, Krista Gerlich talked about, you know, she might get a hundred more prayer warriors, and uh, so just, I just wanted to mention that that uh, I just thought that was really awesome, and kudos to Krista Gerlich, the Lady Raiders, and Oklahoma State, you know, doing that, 
Uh, and so it was, it was really cool. So, you know, for the game, uh, just, you know, a tough loss. They, they've lost four in a row now. So they're 16 and 10 overall. And, uh, they are five and eight in the Big 12. And, you know, at one point they were five and four. And you thought, man. So, you know, uh, afterwards, Krista Gerlich spoke about how, you know, they have three players out. They're depleted. Uh, you know, they're not going to forfeit like TCU did. But, uh, you know, there's some struggles going on right now. But uh, just like anybody, when adversity hits, uh, you don't cower. You don't uh, roll up in the little ball. Uh, you got to push forward and battle together with what you got. And uh, sometimes what you got, uh, you know, we all we got, we all we need. And so, uh, man, another tough game coming up, just like the, the, you know, the men's Big 12, the women's Big 12. Uh, they are at number 21 Baylor. Uh, that's a, a 3 p.m. Sunday game. It's on ESPN2, by the way. Uh, and... Uh, the uh, Brittany Griner is getting uh, honored. You oh, know. good for him. So uh, then you talk about tough. You got... <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. Did I crack you up there? <laughs> <laughs> then you got Texas. What? I just a uh, little ver- verklempt going over here. I'm just, I'm okay. He must have taken another swig from his cup. I did. Uh-oh. It was very good, <laughs> but not, but not cupping. So, okay. uh, but then uh, they're at number uh, at Texas coming up February 21st. So two road games. Um, you know, you got to You got to get it. So uh, Lady Raiders uh, continue to battle. Uh, and as far as that Texas game, uh, no TV yet. Could be the you know the the LN network. Uh, I don't like saying that. Or uh, it could be uh, you know ESPN Plus. So okay. as long as it's not Flow Hoops. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh has has Bailey Moppin yeah. been? It seems like she's been struggling a little bit here lately. What what do you what do you think? Are teams just focusing more on like shutting her down and forcing somebody else to beat them, or what do you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's sometimes it's just someone else stepping up. She did not have a you know a, a Bailey Maupin like game the other night. She was zero uh, for seven from the floor, zero yeah. for three three pointers, six for six free throws. So ended up with six points, three rebounds. Rebounds, but you know, Kyla Freeland, uh, man, 10 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, you know, I think Jasmine Shavers had 16 in the game, and so you know, you just keep battling on. And uh, you know, I mentioned to you uh, some girl at Francis Marion, a small school. Uh, I don't know, maybe they're Division Three, maybe they're Division Two from in South Carolina. This girl had 34 points and 44 rebounds in a game last night. That is unreal. That is unreal. <laughs> 44. And there, rebounds. Are, I believe there are 10 people on the court too. I mean, she's one of the 10. <laughs> it's not like there's, you know, it's, it's only four people. And oh, look at she got the rebound every time. Yeah, that's where the coach after the game's got to go. Hey, listen, congrats! What a game! 44 rebounds. And then she probably looked at the rest of the team going. What the rest are you doing? Nobody? How'd she get 44? She just so she threw was, the backboard, <laughs> threw the ball at the backboard to, to herself. Right, yeah. God, that's 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 crazy. I don't never heard of that before. Wow. Yeah. Good All right. stuff. So, man, just, uh, you know, I got to encourage the Lady Raiders and, and, and keep battling on. All right. We come back here. We'll talk uh, Red Raiders uh, on the road to face number 10, Iowa State. At Hilton Coliseum tomorrow morning as a tough place to play, and uh, we'll break that uh, that game down. Coming up next here, Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock One Hundred One Point One. Texas Tech basketball. 
All right, on the road tomorrow, 18 and 6, Red Raiders facing number 10, Iowa State in Ames, uh, Hilton Coliseum, tough place to play. And uh, they're undefeated there at home this year, yeah, that being Iowa State. Out. The game's on ESPN. Plus. Uh, Pete, I'm going to save you uh, from having to say me. that. Uh, but uh, then, and that's uh, that's sad to me. I agree. Yeah, I, this is a big game. Yeah, yeah, why is that on ESPN Plus? That ought to be a you know, real network game, I would think. You know. But, well, man, we got to see that Canisius uh, Richmond game. Oh, I don't know what's on, huge. but I mean, <laughs> come on, man, it's just ridiculous. So oh, there's only so many Big Twelve games that can be on ESPN. They get they feel like you know. Right, they've, right. Got to, they've got to take care of their SEC. I get it, but it's just like this is a it's, that's a pretty big game. They're, it is a big game, would be and, to... and you know, Tech's only one back from uh, Iowa State and Houston. So if you can beat Iowa State, you knock them down. Then maybe Iowa State beats Houston. I mean, it's a battle. You just got to keep going, and it's exciting. And this game feels like as of right now, I, the way I feel about this game, <laughs> yeah. I want Tech to go in there and win it. Right, but I feel like this is a potential like twenty point loss. Yeah. I really yeah. do, and, and I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Yeah. Like I mean, I, it's a bad result, but yeah. I mean, Iowa State's a top ten team. They play yeah. great, and very physical team, and physical team. That's one of the toughest places to play. I mean, if you if you lose. Big to them there. Oh well. Look See, it's at, a tough matchup for Tech. Is. I think in Washington, Warren Washington, here's a game time decision. Yeah, I think he's going to play. Think? Okay. Well, we t- and we talked to uh, uh, Grant McCaslin about it. On you know what's the status of Double W for WT? Obviously, w- went out of the game, and there was a lot of concern. And you know, I don't know if he'll play in the game or not on Saturday, but he's definitely trending in a positive direction. I mean, I, I had like concerns like everybody is, is this going to be something significant? And we feel like, feel like this will be kind of a game time decision as to how he'll, if he'll be ready to play or not. But do, do feel good about where he's headed though. I mean, he's a one indispensable player. I feel like on the team, you can't, I don't feel like tech's going to do a whole lot. I know they played well at Baylor that one time, but uh, you really need Warren Washington to be as close to uh, full health. Now, Jennings has come on some, but he's only done that in spurts at home. He hasn't had a good game on the road yet, so we'll see. Yeah, But you know what I really like about this team is just a different guy stepping up yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, McMillan come off the bench, and then and, you know, we talk about Darian Williams. Was just, I mean, 12 for 12. Uh, that's incredible. It was four for four from three, yeah. and just thirty eleven rebounds, yeah. three assists, two steals, and a block. And, and you can't, I, and you just get. That's not the kind of performance you can really count on either. No. You know, I mean, it's just not. not and against be that Kansas, way. I mean, it's like yeah. they, they were playing some scrubs. So, uh, also talking to Grant McCaslin yesterday, uh, he talked about how the Red Raiders need to really limit turnovers against the Cyclones. Man, their ball pressure, their physicality, and even their aggressiveness—not just in the post, but the way they put two people on the ball and their ball screen coverages. I mean, it really is impressive how well they they squeeze you uh, defensively. But definitely a concern would be if we threw it down in there, what they would do when they double team because they come quick and they're, they're very active in it. And, you know, not turning the ball over is probably 1A, B, C, D, E, and F in the game plan up there. And when you turn the ball over, it leads to offense and they're as good in the country as there is at scoring off their defense. That just made me laugh. There was a highlight last night in the show, and the girl's name is A B C D E. 
And no I'm like, what way. is that? Absidy. Absidy. Yeah, I've I've heard that yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> this made me yeah. laugh thinking of that. Uh, I believe I asked this next question. Uh, just you know, this team had lost three in a row, and of course, all the keyboard warriors. What's going on? They stink. All the, shut up. Uh, it's a Big Twelve. Um, wow. So uh, you know, now they ripped off two in a row, and just you know, the Kansas uh, win was huge. Uh, just you know, what's the attitude of the team, and, and and with confidence growing as they head into this next batch of battles. Losses, and I think this team knew what our capabilities are and just relying on each other every game. It's been somebody different. That's what's been fun. You know, like Chance McMillan in Oklahoma and then you get Darian Williams and Pop Isaacs and, you know, I mean, it just really has been a consistently somebody stepped up and played well and we're going to have to have some more team basketball. I mean, in the first half of that Kansas game, we had five guys make threes and Pop and Chance, arguably two of our best three-point shooters, only had one, and every, and we had three other guys with two. So that just shows you, I think, the, the strength of this team is always going to be the connected parts, and guys are really starting to move the ball and trust each other, which is fun to, fun to be a part of. You know, I just want to say thank you, Grant McCaslin and his staff, because, you know, this was a dumpster fire last year. And, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. But to be 18 and six right now with all these new guys and stuff and everybody, most people are excited, except these idiots on the keyboard. Why can't they win on the road? It's the Big 12, <laughs> idiot. They actually have played well on the road this year, too. Yeah, I mean, but I'm by double digits but, in Austin. Yeah, just, well, yeah. I think they were talking about the Baylor game. I mean, they're not going to win them all. Without dude. Warren Washington? Yeah, it's just Come dumb. On, bro. Right. <laughs> right. Especially in Baylor. So, uh, Grant McCaslin, the the Big 12 championship is going to be won by... By... Yeah, (laughs) you know, the the Big 12 championship is going to be won by the team that wins their home games. I mean, it's just the, the truth. And obviously, you got to win those road games to, to put yourself over the top. But winning at home is vital in winning championships and the home advantage of being at the USA on, on a game day. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Uh, and then he talked a little more about Warren Washington's injury and then, uh, you know, with Robert Jennings, how he's got to step up. Yeah, uh, I mean, Warren, Warren's got uh, a, a little bit of uh, a foot deal going on, but I mean, honestly, he's 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 moving moving well. I mean, I was encouraged after the game, and don't know the timetable on it honestly because we're just seeing how he responds on a daily basis and taking a cautious approach with him. Um, he's such an elite mover; that's a big part of his game, and obviously, we're going to need him down the stretch. But in the case that you know he's not able to go, Rob has made this step climb in not just his ability to impact the game defensively, which I think he's made some improvements, but as you saw the other night, he puts pressure on people because of his speed, and that's why getting stops is so important so Rob can use his athleticism to get an open floor, and his decision-making continues to improve, and we need Rob to be great even if Warren is healthy or not, and that was proven in the in the game against Kansas, but I love the way he's battling. I love the way he's competing. I love the way defensively he's using his physicality. You can see his his confidence grow and what what our game plans are and how he can put himself into the middle of it. And if we do play with him, I think getting him involved uh, in offense and how we utilize his ability, use his athleticism on, on rolls to the basket is going to be big too. 
I would have liked to hear Coach have a little bit longer answer on that question. I, I didn't feel like he really. Um, no, that's, that's a great quote there. Hey, could you repeat that, Coach? No, um, 18-6, and six, Red Raiders face number 10, Iowa State. It's Ames tomorrow. Hilton Coliseum, the game is on ESPN+. And then uh, Red Raiders back home Tuesday versus TCU. All right, we come back here. We'll uh, hear from Tim Tadlock and Craig Snyder as baseball heads to Arlington and softball heads to San Marcos. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Red Raider Baseball. Red Raider Baseball starting the 2024 season tonight, taking on number nine, Tennessee. That game is uh, at Globe Life Field tonight, uh, starting a three-game set for them uh, at 7 o'clock. They also have Nebraska on Saturday, Oregon on Sunday. Got to talk to uh, Tim Tadlock, and he's talked about the challenges of opening weekend. Being on the road with your preparation being the same as it is at home, and then obviously, uh, again, just playing good quality baseball is a challenge anytime opening weekend. And so kind of ramping it up a little bit. We, we tried to be as intentional as we could about that and think it's going to put the guys in a good spot. And then the big question, who's throwing good good right now? Yatera's been good. Ball's come out of his hand really good. Uh, he's commanded the ball, executed pitches. Um, you know, there's a number of guys that have thrown the ball good. Um, you know, again, like it's that's all kind of spring training stuff and guys kind of trying to find some rhythm and getting them on the mound. And, um, and Don and I were just talking. There's a whole big group of them, you know, that we, you can run out of the bullpen. Really don't know exactly who who that's going to be and what, what role. Um, but you do have some returning guys with um, – Rogers, Harris, Sanders, Bridges, Free, you know, all those guys. And you had in Huffling and, um, you know, with the, on the left side as far as that goes. And uh, some younger guys, Yatera, um, Ewer, Kasi. There, there's plenty of guys down there. I mean, I know I'm forgetting somebody like Trembello. Um, Carson Ball is throwing the ball good at times. Uh, he's a left-handed junior college guy, and so um, it's going to be fun to watch it come together. I mean, it, a big league team probably doesn't know exactly who their setup guys and their closer is until it really comes to fruition. And you're always looking at where other teams are in the lineup, and you know who's who's available. <laughs> I think his bite beat McCaslin there. That was yeah, a, that was, that was and a good name. Almost everybody on the catalog, man. He, he doesn't usually go on that long. <laughs> uh, you know, I asked him too about uh, Coach Tadlock. I uh, asked him about, uh, you know, this excitement for the fans and for the players, but what's this like starting another season for him? Yeah, it, it's always fun for us to watch groups come together and see how they respond to, you know, opening games and how they go about their day-to-day and how they prepare each day and how they handle success, how they handle failure. Uh, It's always exciting to watch the games and to be a part of the games, but probably more so the the day-to-day with the practice is probably what you love, you know, just as much as anything. um, But really, again, like I think each year this time of year, it's it's an exciting time just because, again, it's – it's a refreshing deal, and you get a new shot at it. And then, obviously, we asked him about uh, Josh Young and just all the Red Raiders uh, with Major League Baseball right now. 
Yeah, there's been quite a few of them, and we've said a number of times that, you know, those two guys were in the dugout last year, you know, in the American League playoffs, and uh, I don't think Parker was on the roster, but a lot of people kind of, he overlooked those other guys, you know, Davis Mark, Killian, John McMillan. There's been a whole bunch of them, you know, up and down and kind of in there, and Josh and Jace and Parker Kelly and Braxton, all those guys are around the ballpark a lot, and really set a good example for all these guys being around and as far as them being in the big leagues it's something that obviously uh is a reality for all these guys but it's also a reality that the guys that get there you know, there's a lot of work to be done to do to do what those guys have done so big weekend for texas tech baseball and then they play uta and number seven oregon state as well at globe life field early next week five first five games out there yeah. a big day for them uh, then Red Raiders, Texas Tech softball, they're off to a 3-2 and two start. Uh, they beat uh, the 49ers of Charlotte the same day uh, the Chiefs beat the 49ers. Uh, also lost to number 4 Florida State, 9-8. Uh, so they are 3-2, and two, head to San Marcos. They play Sam Houston tonight. And Craig Snyder talked about uh, just being 3-2 and two and taking on uh, some of these tough games over the weekend last week. Yeah, I think the, the big thing walking away from last week is just the, the compete value, right? I think, I think we, we walked into each game. And, and we competed well with both of them, and so um, it was good to see that. It was good to see us fight, you know, and, and be down, and then come back, or they tie it up, and we come back. And uh, something that's a good mark of a ball club early in the season when you can see the fight and the, the determination that when they go down and still be able to fight back and take a lead. And then uh, Coach talked about uh, that they believe that they are a postseason team. Yes, they are. This is a postseason team, you know, and that's the one thing I keep telling these kids is that this ball club, like, you belong. You belong in the conversation, and don't forget that, you know. And I think that's where, you know, I think for for, for years we, we've struggled of, of going like, okay, are we, are we not? We are. This, is, this team belongs in that conversation. And so, you know, I'm going to pound that in the head to the day I die. Like, you belong in this conversation. You've proven you, you belong in this conversation. Conversation. So continue, continue to fight, continue to stay in your process, and continue to battle. And I think good things will happen for us in the end. And no TV for or, or, or streaming or anything for any of these games right for now. Softball, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I don't know, it, that, yeah. That's weird, man. I, all right, well, uh, so uh, this is, uh, I guess, we're wrapping it up here. Good to hear from all the coaches and everything today. And I uh, got the Lady Raiders uh, next game Sunday, twenty-one Baylor. You got the Red Raiders tomorrow, number versus number ten Iowa State. That game's on ESPN Plus. And then, as uh, Pete mentioned there, you know, you got baseball heading to Arlington and then softball in San Marcos. So there it is. Fun weekend of uh, all the sports there for the Red Raiders. Thanks for listening today on KONE Lubbock. This has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1.